Hey, Amy. Hey, Lisa. Welcome, everybody, back to the Garden State Mamas podcast. Uh, we want to welcome any uh, existing listeners back. We're glad to have you. We want to welcome new listeners. Um, I know that we I've seen a little bit of an increase in some older episodes being listened to, and I have a feeling that's because I've been posting a little bit more on threads, um, calling out our little podcast over here in, in South Jersey. So real quick to those who are new listeners who are just jumping into the Garden State Mamas, it's mainly Amy and myself. I'm Lisa. And um, we have Val who joins us a lot of the times, although she works night work. So it's a little tough because we often record late at night. Uh, so we have to get her on her days off or she's at work when we're recording and we can't uh, get her on for those. But it's usually the three of us. Uh, we talk motherhood, gardening, the craziness of the world that we live in. And we're here so that other moms know that they're not alone in this craziness that we call life uh, and that there are plenty of other moms going through exactly what you're going through. And if you don't have a group of women that you can talk to or a group of moms that you can talk to about what's going on in your life, we hope that we can fill in that spot that you're looking for of just other moms going through it day by day. Both Amy and I are directors of household operations currently. <laughs> um, we are um, privileged and we understand that, that we can stay home um, and take care of the house and everything that comes with it. Amy is currently in the middle of a renovation of a house that they just recently purchased. I live in a house that's 103 years old, uh, so it's got its own personality. Uh, I have a baby on the way, and so we're prepping for life of a family of four. And what else, Aim? What else do we have going on that we talk about on our little podcast over here? Oh, I think that that pretty much covers it. Yeah. Yeah, just being... Oh, yeah. well, Val has... Occasionally we'll pull in our husbands, but we try to leave them out of it. Oh, yeah. Not, we're not here for all that. Um, Val has uh, the oldest of the kids uh, of all of our families. Uh, so she's kind of our experience with uh, tweens, preteens, that area. But she also just had a baby last year. So she has a 10-year age gap between her two kids. Uh, so we get a lot of um, insight from her. She's also really good at astrological stuff. So listen back two episodes to our astrological starting of 2024 uh, episode with Val, because that was a lot of fun. Uh, she's also probably the most spiritual of the three of us. <laughs> so uh, we get some of that insight as well. So we are glad that you are here. Glad that you're joining us. And this week, Amy and I decided we're going to talk a little bit about homework. Uh, we both have first graders. And just in our talks of how it goes after school, the struggles of, you know, that time frame of do you go right into homework? Do you give them a little bit of a break? Do you do snacks? Do you do, uh, you know, just some screen time just to, to get them, I don't know, some time off right after school? Or do you go right into the homework just to get it done and over with so you have the rest of the night? To, to go through. So as Amy and I were talking about that recently, we were like, we should make 
a podcast of it because our kids go to different school districts. We have different requirements from our school districts, our teachers and things like that. But we both live in New Jersey. So New Jersey is a great state for public school systems. Uh, We're usually ranked within the top five every year of the nation of our public schools. So you would think that as a state that has a very good public school system, that has a state curriculum, that we would have pretty similar stories, but we, we don't. Um, it's very different, but we also have very different kids. And I think that's also something really important to point out is that our kids are very different. So although we try to do a lot of the same things, some things just aren't the same. <laughs> I think that I is important to point out because you always feel like, you know, you want your kid to excel and even though you don't want to, you look around at other parents and you think, gosh, how are they getting their kid to do X, Y, and Z? You know, my kids, you know, falling, seems like they're falling behind or maybe they're ahead in this area. And what am I doing differently? Maybe it's me or maybe it's just the kid and it's okay. We're all supposed to be different, right? Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we do things as being the parents the default homework parents, because I'm definitely the default homework parent. I would say I'm probably going to struggle with this, especially as he gets older, as I don't really have the patience for it. Mm. And I'm trying to reel that in because part of me feels like I haven't seen him all day. And then we're going to sit down doing homework and then I'm going to get irritated with him within a few minutes. Like that's not fair to him. It's not fair to me because then I feel guilty that I'm irritated with my kid who's only been home for half an hour. Yes. Uh, So, but I'm not really sure how to work on patience with homework. I will say that I'm six years older than my brother. And so I did a lot of homework with him. And it's like trauma when I think back to those times. A lot of it was that my brother did have a learning disability and I don't think it was taken care of at the school level. And I was his big sister and it was like being put on me to teach him. And I'm not a teacher. So (laughs) I learned that early on. So I remember the lack of patience I had with my brother and I just beat the crap out of him because he was my brother and I could do that (laughs) when he irritated me I'm not going to beat the crap out of my son so um (laughs) lots of lots of things I have to think about and work on and I don't know how to work on that but it's definitely something I'm gonna have to work on because I'm not going to beat up my kid for not doing his homework my brother sorry my bad it's probably not the best way for you to have learned but I was like, you know, 15. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so we're going to get a little bit into, so I'm going to talk a little bit about how much homework Danny gets a night, how much of it he gets, how long it typically takes us. Amy's going to talk about her daughter, what she gets, because they're both in first grade. Um, And then we're going to kind of bounce ideas and stuff off of each other. We hope that you guys learn something too, or that you pick up something, maybe some tips, tricks on, on how to get through homework, uh, with your own kids. And so Danny's in first grade. Uh, he was at a higher reading level, um, back in kindergarten. Like he's, oh, as soon as he picked up 
like as soon as he learned how to read, like whatever that is that clicks in your brain that turns letters into actual words, uh, as soon as that happened, he was a reader. Like he he's always been very high in in the reading. So that really hasn't always been a problem. Sight words and things like that have been pretty easy for us. Now, we I used to do especially during the summertime because I didn't want him to get like too far. Like I didn't want him to lose what he had gained. So during the summertime, I'd printed out like sight words that were on bugs and then I'd throw them in the playroom and then I'd say the sight word and he'd have to go stomp the bug. So it was a game. It was fun. He got to stomp around and jump around and act a fool uh, and also work on his sight words. So sight words are still a big thing. Uh, now in first grade. So every Monday he gets a sheet with sight words on one side and then like three word sentences on the other side. And he's supposed to go through the sight words and then we can time them if we want. We don't have to, but on Mondays and Wednesdays they have to read the words and then they have to read the phrases on the back and they get a two-sided math worksheet. That comes home. On Tuesdays, he has like a word family. So this week was the words ending in I-L-L. So Bill, Jill, Phil, Hill, um, Spill, that kind of stuff. On Tuesdays, he has to write six of the words. And then on Thursday, he has to write two sentences that have a word from the word family in it. Okay. And then no homework on Fridays. Same here. No homework Fridays. And it generally takes us probably 15 to 20 minutes to do all his homework. So I try to do it as soon as we walk in the door. We get off the bus, we come in, we do homework, and then he can have a snack and he can go play. When we tried to give him time in between coming home and like letting him ride a scooter or letting him ride his bike when it, the weather was nice. And then having him come in, we had lost all focus. And then it was just a, a fight. It was yeah. like, it's a page of, and at that point it was like basic addition. And it was like, come on, man. Like, it'll take you five minutes to finish this. But he had lost all focus. So we learned pretty early on that we have to come home. We have to do the homework and then he can go play. What he's been doing lately, and a lot of it's just because I I keep having to pick him up from school. So then he wants to do his homework in the car. But then he's like reading the math questions to me. And I'm like, I can't focus on, on your math questions. Like, I'm driving. I need to get home. Especially with the new math that they're teaching, it ha- there's a lot of visual components to it. So it's not something you can do while you're driving. Yeah, or even just him reading a word problem to me is like, it's distracting because I'm listening to him read. Right. And I'm not necessarily paying attention to the context of the question. Or sometimes he'll say, oh, you know... The mat has nine, sees nine ducks in the pond and then sees eight ducks, but it's a subtraction question. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Like, 
So um, I keep trying to get him to not do his homework in the car so that I can sit down and help him. Because what ends up happening is that we get home, he runs to go see my husband and I'm trying to look over the homework and then he comes up and I'm like, you need to fix this, this, this. And he's mad that he has to fix it. And I'm like, well, this is what you get for doing it in the car. Like you, you rushed it or now it's sloppy or, and that's, we struggle with, he's a little boy, uh, his handwriting. It's not, it's not great. And yesterday I was like, is your name Donnie? I did not name you after Donnie Wahlberg. So you got to change that. Like that's, that's not your name. Yeah. It's kind of like if we could just get home, get home, do the homework, we can be done in 15, 20 minutes and, and that's it. Yeah. But I feel for them though, because I don't know about you, but Olivia has to get on the bus at, they've now, they've now changed. She gets on the bus at 7.55. I'm going to have to start driving her. First yeah, of all, that is and she early. doesn't get off the bus until four fifteen now. That's a long. Day. It has changed. We've lived here for six weeks. It's changed multiple times, and it gets earlier in the morning and later in the evening. So I really have to reach out to the school and see how I can pick up both of my children even though their schools let out exactly at the same times. Yeah, that's long. So we, he's typically on the bus between eight 30 and eight 35. He's the last, he's the last one on last one off. Okay. So the ride home is longer for him. Uh, but he is, he gets, he gets on the bus between eight 30 and eight 35 and he gets home usually around four. It can be anywhere between like a few minutes before four to 10 minutes after four. Never really later than that. So 8.30 to four o'clock is about what we're at. Yeah. I mean, so like I, I feel bad for her because she's coming off of a very long day and she's probably exhausted. She doesn't want to sit down mm-hmm. and do homework, but she's just like Danny. If I let her go into the playroom as soon as she gets involved in her head and, and makes a story with characters, she's not going to separate to come back and do homework. And it's always the same routine. If I, if I let her do that, it's a fit. And yeah, it's only and, 15 uh, minutes to 20 minutes worth of homework. Have you ever tried doing it after dinner? Um, we do sometimes because occasionally she'll, she'll just want to do her homework with Mike and he's at work. So it's not an option until after dinner. But then I worry she's going to be too exhausted. Yeah, that would be something I would... I've never tried it. But usually that's our, like, hangout time. That's when the three of us hang out together after dinner. Like, after the dishes are done and everything like that. That's when the three of us kind of hang together. And, you know, we'll watch something on TV and we'll talk about things. Talk about our days and stuff. So I'd hate to take that time. Yeah. To go do homework. But I, you know, especially since she has such a long bus ride. Yeah. If that would like refocus. But then you're right. It's like then it's late at, like, I don't think Danny's feeling very very well, which I'm not going to say that too loud because then he'll be bugging to stay home from school. Um, 
I think it's more allergies than anything else, but he, I could see like tonight he was, we went up for bed at eight 15, which is pretty early for him. And so what happens if it's a night that we wait till after dinner and then we're trying to do homework and it's a night that he falls asleep at eight 15. Right. Like how much focus would he have? So I'm going to put that out to the listeners. Like, do you do homework as soon as they get home? Do you do homework after dinner? How does that go? Especially for younger, like I'm talking like first grade, second grade, um, you know, I know as they get older, you can kind of let them choose what the best time is and hold them accountable for it and things like that. Yeah. But like, when is, when does homework work for your family? Yeah. Now I'd you say her homework should be 15, 20 minutes too, but we've talked about this and it usually takes It could take an hour to an hour and a half. It's 15 to 20 minutes. It's 15 minutes worth of reading. She has 10 books in a book bag for the week. And she can select any of those 10 books that are in her selected reading level. And she needs to write one sentence about one of the books. And her math sheet is usually anywhere from 1 to 10 problems on one sheet of paper. Like front and back. And same thing, like the visual math. And she has her um, sight words that we have to practice once a week, you know, once a night. And she has a test on once a week. Yeah, I know they do. They do a test once a week on the words. Um, And he usually only gets dinged for his handwriting. Which I don't know how... How am I supposed to fix that when they don't teach it? They don't teach handwriting? No. So they have some, like once a week they get sent home sight words that they're supposed to trace and then cut out and keep in a bin that we have at home. However, the letters that are on the sight words are not in the number, in the letter formation that they're taught. So, for instance, he brought the one that came home today. The word is what. And the W looks like two V's with like an X in the middle. What? Come on. Does the A have an overhang? Yep. Oh, my God. But they're not taught that way. They're not taught that way. It's very confusing. So why is he tracing the letter formations that aren't how he's supposed to be writing them. No, no, no. That doesn't make sense. So our teachers sent us home. I've, I've received this multiple times. It's an entire sheet that teaches the parent how they're supposed to be doing each letter. Mm-hmm. You know, for the letter O, for example, you curl back like a rainbow towards the left and all the way around. And you do the same thing for a letter A, back like a rainbow fall down to the line and they did it on ice cream paper that's what they call it there's like a blue line and a yellow line and a pink line and olivia would tell me i have to go on my ice cream paper you know up to the blue and down to the red that's interesting we do it's the grass line the skyline 
and the worm line. Or the plain line, the grass line, and the worm line. <laughs> and that's how, like, it's... So that's interesting that, you know, in your school district, it's colors, but in ours, it's, like, objects. <laughs> so silly. I, and they do. They have this special colored mm-hmm. paper. Yeah, they sent us home with, like, a, a you know, like, one that we could put in like a Ziploc bag and then they could do like dry erase so that you could keep like keep reusing it. Um, But he just won't slow down. And so he, his name is always, even though they're lowercase letters, they're the size of uppercase letters. Yeah. And and you feel bad. I make Olivia rewrite stuff sometimes because she'll write a letter or a number really fast. And I look at her and I'm like, Nobody knows if that's a zero or a six or yep. we don't know. Erase it and slow down and do it again. I don't know how many times I say you have to slow down. You have to don't do it fast. Just slow down. And then also there's that like it does to me it doesn't need to be perfect because I don't want him to think that he has to be perfect. No, I don't want it to be perfect. I just want it to be legible. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, like, it's that balancing of act of like yes is okay that is a seven but it's like practically on its side so do i make him change it or do i just usually i i let him go with his name mm-hmm. as long as they're lowercase letters where they're supposed to be and and uppercase letter like yeah i kind of let it go and i'm just like whatever and his fours i hate how he draws his fours but and then I also, like, I do more a European style. So my sevens have the little dash. Mine too. And my Zs also have it. And so it's hard for me to break that habit when I'm trying to teach him. And he's like, why is that line there? And I'm like, oh, that's just how, you know, I write it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. Like, I don't know. So the handwriting is definitely an issue. Now, we both talked about it a little bit, but I really like the way that they're teaching math. I do too. It's mapping I wish their it brains. Was it is totally making math visual and not memorization. Yes. They're building the blocks and some of Olivia's homework looks like pre-algebra. Yeah. They're yeah. solving for X and they don't Over- even know that they're solving for X. Danny was solving for X in kindergarten and I was like what is happening here but these kids understand it mm-hmm. it's abstract in a way that their brains can can pull it in and so comfortable with it yes like there is no hesitation there's no you know fear of math None. it's just like this is it and I'm like I think back to how stressful math was and the memorization and the times tables. And I can still picture the stupid blue thing with the note cards in it for all the uh, multiplication and the time test. Mm-hmm. Like the yep. ready, set, go. I remember ready, set, go. Yeah. And What a nightmare. Having, right. And I'm like, and now it's... I mean, I don't know if they're doing it. I'm, they're not on multiplication yet anyway. But just right now, he's doing 
uh, it's like relational facts or relation facts, or um, it's using a family of numbers. So they're given three numbers and then they're given like a word problem that goes with it. So it'll be like, Matt's, this is what the problem actually was when I finally got home and read it. It was like, Matt saw, Matt sees nine ducks in the pond in the morning and sees eight pond, eight ducks in the pond in the afternoon. How many ducks did he see? So then they have a little triangle and there's a nine or no, it was just that addition problem. So nine plus eight equals 17. And then it was like, use the number family to solve, to create three more, one more addition problem and two subtraction problems. So then he knew to do eight plus nine equals 17. Mm -hmm. And then he went over and did 17 minus nine equals eight and 17 minus eight equals nine. It's just so beautiful. These kids (laughs) are going to get to high school and they're going to be able to figure out the algebra, the geometry, the trig, like, calculus i don't know they it's, they have all of this yeah. network in their brain now we and didn't like have that are, right and it, i feel like our education was all it was all built on itself but it was all memorization so like we did addition until you couldn't do addition anymore then you did subtraction then you did multiplication then you did short division then you did long division then you did and it was just like a constant building but this now is like preparing them now for math that they're going to deal with years from now yeah but it's in their brain and they're not worried about it and they're not you know getting caught up in the stress of shame of not being able to remember the multiplication tables because that's what a lot of it is kids that don't have that ability to memorize and then something like math is going to be absolutely disastrous if that's the only way that you're taught yeah so this whole one that they're doing word problems so early on i still struggle with word problems just because i have to be like Hold on, I have to concentrate on what this is actually saying to me. Yes, let me. I told I told my kid, I'm like, slow down, write it down if you have to, draw a picture if you have to, mm-hmm. as we read the sentence because they do the details can get lost. I see on Danny's test where he'll just draw the circles. You know, he's drawing on the side, he's making X's in the circles, like he's turning it into something something visual. Yeah. For him. And it's not just using your fingers and it's not, you know, finding shortcuts because that's, that's kind of how I do math now. Like I have to make shortcuts to try and figure things out because it's just easier to be like, okay, you know, 28 plus six. Okay. Well, two will get me to 30. And how many do I have left after that? Like, It doesn't have to be that complicated, but of all the years of schooling, that's how I came up with shortcuts to make it easier for me to remember. I observed that at a baby shower this weekend. You have an entire room full of adults. You hand them a questionnaire with, you know, 13 questions on it. At the end, the person who's running the baby shower goes, how many people 
got X number right. And everyone's sitting there counting them one at a time. They're all numbered. My six-year-old would look at that and probably find the number family and know Mm -hmm. that the answer was, you know, she would know the answer right off the bat, just looking at it. But then you have these 40 to 60-year-old people in the room counting them one, two, three... Yeah. It's embarrassing when you see it from the other side. My kid must think we're crazy. Right. And even when I say things to him, like, that's not how we learned how to do math. He's He just looks at me like I'm nuts. Yes. And I'm like, buddy, like, you need to understand, like, when me and daddy learned how to do math, we had to just remember all of this. Right. And it's not that you don't know the answer. It's just you don't know how the teacher wants him to write the answer now. Right. So I have to look in her folder and see what did they do in class today? How did she teach this concept? Okay, now I get it. Now I know what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Or I'll be like, because there's usually like a sample question at the top. Yes. Thank goodness for that sample. (laughs) Right. I'm like, can you read me what this, what the first question is? The one that they already did the answer for. Can you read that to mommy? Because I'm like, I don't, I don't know how they're teaching them how to do this because me, I'm using my fingers or I'm like, oh, nine plus eight. Well, nine plus nine is 18. Got to take one away. That's 17. How do I explain that to him? I don't want to explain to him how I do shortcuts, which aren't even shortcuts. They're more like long cuts. Cause I'm not sure how, you know, he's probably going to have a <laughs> shortcut of learning how to do this stuff, but I'm like, I don't want to teach him the roundabout way of how I come up with the answers for math questions no. because he's being taught in such a different way but it seems so much more logical than how we were taught it really does and when Olivia started out doing this in kindergarten I thought gosh this seems like a lot of work to get to this answer but now that she's been using this method for two years it is a lot less work I think it was very scary for us to see this new style of teaching. But if you're open to seeing how things could change for the better, because I will say that, you know, the older, the older people who just don't want to let the way the things were go, if you can be open to it and really kind of look at it, it's like, this does make a lot more sense. And now I get why they, why other countries teach it this way. Absolutely. And why they have such higher, like, scores in math and science and things like that. Because they're teaching these kids a complete, it's not memorization. Right. And then it's, it's understanding. Not beating, right. It's not beating the kids up for not being able to memorize. It's not destroying the love of math and numbers by stressing them out and giving them anxiety. <laughs> Because that's what a lot of people our age have, is stress and anxiety when it comes to numbers. Because the only skills we were given were how to memorize. That's true. And then you you grow up and you think, gosh, I'm terrible at math. I'm not terrible at math. No. No. And in fact, I found out that I was pretty good at math (laughs) when I didn't have the stress of like three, two, one, go (laughs) on me to solve math problems. Like... When I was able to actually like 
work with numbers regularly yeah i found out that i'm actually pretty good at figuring numbers out so yeah i think the whole math situation is great i do hope that there's some help for us as we get further along in the math journey because once we get to algebra and calculus and all that you can count me out i don't remember any of that um so I do hope that there is help for us parents um, when that time comes. Now, I will say that in preparation of where we are going uh, in the elementary school world, uh, AI did, it was ChatGPT. They did something where they like opened it up to people to create apps that use AI. But you didn't have to do all the like coding and stuff like that. We just talked to AI and asked AI questions or told AI what we were looking for and how we would like to use the app. And then AI built the app. Okay. So we did an app for Common Core Mathematics for Parents. So if you're on ChatGPT and you look up the apps that ChatGPT has created and you look up Common Core Math for Parents... That's something that me and my husband had like worked with AI together and it's a way that parents can upload their kids homework and it doesn't give the answers, but it'll give the step-by-step instructions on how to find the answer without giving the answer. So the parents can help their kids by having the step-by-step directions to walk their kids through how to get the answer to the problem oh that's that, wonderful we didn't want it where like you could just upload the the homework and the answers get spit out because no that's not the point right so using ai in a way to help us help our kids because at this point if you're not using if you're not learning how to use ai you're going to be behind right especially with schools the schools need to do this too because You need to teach the kids how to use AI, not punish them for using it because they're going to use it. Now's the time to teach them how to use it properly. And so that, you know, they can build an app and it could be for anything, you know? Uh, So yes, uh, we did do that app and then we haven't had to use it yet because we haven't gotten to common core, but I'm so freaked out about when we actually get to common core math that I was like, I need to know that there's some place to go. Um, so I don't know if anybody's used it yet, but uh, it is there. We we did do that. So I feel like the PTA needs to put on, you know, monthly meetings on this. We don't know what we're talking about. How to teach your kids? Partner up with the teachers. Hey, I'm busy doing candy bar bingo over here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing with my PTA time. I'm doing candy bar. I'm bait. just no. saying. Um, yeah, so it's. Uh, I'm excited for how they're teaching them to do math. I I will say we don't have like a reading requirement. Like Danny doesn't have to read a certain amount of minutes or books or anything like that. Okay. I don't know if it's, and it could be because of his reading level. So. We do get this red folder that comes home every once in a while, but it's had the same book in it since the beginning of school. It's one of those super easy reader books. It's like five pages long, has a sentence on each page. It's about meerkats. He's read it to me. He's read it to me multiple times, but I'm like, this is like him picking up 
like a preschool book. Like it's, it's not his level. So I don't know what that, that folder is. And I'm sure there's other kids in his classroom who that folder is something that they're working on every week. I don't even see it every week. It doesn't even come home every week. So I'm not even sure what exactly that homework is anymore. I know when it first came home, like we did what we were supposed to do. And now I don't even remember, but he can get, he's allowed to get two books from the library now. So he has, I guess, gotten past the point where they know he can read fast enough that they let him get two books. He can get chapter books. We had already talked to them back at the parent teacher conferences that um, he needed to be able to have like full reign of the library because him being in the first grade section was not was not good enough for him. He needed he needed all access. So he has full access to any of the reading levels that he wants. So he usually comes home with two chapter books from the library. So I don't know if that's why we don't have an actual like reading homework for him because they know he reads all the time. Like he takes his library books back to school to read when they have time. You see, this this makes me like a little bit frustrated because during COVID, um, I did a program called ABC Darien with Olivia. It was a way to teach. You could teach anyone to read, whether they're struggling or they're just a three-year-old. She was three at the time, three and a half, and she learned how each she learned each letter sound, and she learned the basics of how to put the sounds together. And we got up to the point where you were starting to read sight words. And you could read, you could build other words with what Mm -hmm. you knew. Then COVID ended, we sent her to preschool. And it was like all that information that she knew just like disappeared, completely disappeared to the point where they did an evaluation and they said she couldn't identify her letters. She doesn't know her the 26 letters of the alphabet. Like, that's not possible. She knows the letters. She knows the sounds. She knows sight words. She was she could read this these small books that we had. They were just like level A beginner reader books. Mm-hmm. I remember her reading the sentence, I go up. And being completely blown away. And these weren't books that we read to her. These were just books that we kept in the closet for when she wanted to practice reading so that she wouldn't Mm -hmm. memorize them. And so now she's six and we're doing sight words. And part of me feels like her preschool and kindergarten and early first grade were shortchanged in our old district. Okay. Because it was like time stopped when it shouldn't have. So now like she moved to this, we moved to this new school district and she was on level A books. I don't know how they rank them, but her teacher has book boxes starting at level A. She is now on level D. And I'm super excited about that. I feel like she's made more progress and past six weeks than she has in two years 
Well, I want, do you think maybe something happened at the old school? Like I know they had kids read out loud and that like shut some kids down. Mm. Like you think maybe something happened at the other school that like maybe they wanted her to read out loud or something. And she was like, nope. (laughs) And then just decided she couldn't read anymore. Maybe. I mean, her confidence at the old school was shot. Yeah. And we went to this, you know, we came to this new school and she's just like, I love math and I can read. And it's very strange how this environment has totally shifted. I don't know if it's, if it's the teachers, if it's the school, if it's the whole package, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I can definitely see it being the other kids. Um, so... Danny definitely is doing really well in this classroom. There's only like one kid in the class that he kind of butts heads with all the time. Okay. Whereas last year there was like a handful of kids. And so I think this year the environment's better. And so, and I, I think there's other kids that are more like him where they like to read and they like to, you know, so one kid read to the class his library book one day, and Danny was so excited that he could do that, that, like, he could not wait to get to school the next day. Like, he picked out a book that he was taking to school so he could read it to the class. Like, so I think environment-wise, like, this classroom is really good for him. But I have seen where he, like... But then, like, today, I was waiting for him outside his classroom, and a little boy in the classroom next to him um, came out with the teacher, and he was, like, sobbing because he felt silly. Like, the teacher finally figured out what was happening. She was like, do you think you're in trouble? And the kid was like, yeah. And she was like, do I look mad? And he was like, I know I'm not in trouble. And she was like, okay, so why are you, like, why are you upset? Like, are you, were you afraid, you know, just trying to figure it out. And then it finally came around that he had felt silly in front of the other kids in the class. Oh, it's so and embarrassing. He just had, right. And he just had like a breakdown, but he didn't want to cry in class. And the, thankfully the teacher was able to like, one, see what was going on to take him out of the classroom let him have his his little meltdown figure out what was happening and then all i wanted was a hug and it was the cutest thing i had ever seen and i was like these teachers deserve everything and then some like oh my goodness i was just like uh standing in this hallway watching this happen and i'm like this this poor little boy who felt silly in front of his classmates what does that do to a kid who, like, wouldn't let emotions come out? Like, would just bottle that up? Right. Like, how does that change their school environment, you know? I think it does change it. I mean, I I definitely remember that as a kid. I had a retainer okay. in first grade. And so wow. I had a lisp. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I had a natural lisp, so. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed to read in class. Yeah. yeah I remember it there being a really kids. long time to catch up. 
Yeah. I remember kids just not being able to read as well and like struggling and feeling so bad that they kept getting picked on to like read in class when we all knew it was going to take three times as long because they just didn't read as fast as other kids. And it was like, dude, teacher, and this is elementary school. Like why you gotta keep picking on the kid? Like, I don't know. I think back then they thought, you know, if we just, if we're just hard enough on the kids, then they'll just get better. Like it's that whole shaming us into, betterness yeah which worked out <laughs> oh so well right i'm so, sure we felt so ashamed and we all really excelled people pleasing perfectionists that we are yes. millennials that we're all trying to unravel in our 30s and 40s mm-hmm. and realizing it's like how we were taught and how we were ashamed for everything and yeah so and trying hard not to do that to our kids exactly so maybe that's something that happened at the last school and she just didn't tell you about it or you could be right. And now she's kind of in front of new people and new in front of new teachers and they're not stressing her or, yeah. you know, not creating that, you know, environment where she feels vulnerable or whatever. And now she's being able to flourish. That could be it because yeah, she has nothing but good things to say now. And she has friends, which before she wouldn't even mention anyone's name. She wouldn't tell me who she played with on the playground. Now she has a whole bunch of BFFs everywhere. <laughs> oh, these kids, are, uh, especially the boys, it's awful right now. Danny's favorite word is, oh, shoot. I'm like, where did you get that from? I'm like, that is way too close to a bad word. And he's like, everything. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Like, please stop. I don't know where you got it from, but I don't like it. Uh, before and then it's the bra. It's a it's been bra for since last school year. But yeah, the things the p- kids pick up now <sighs> with how they talk. I'm telling you, kids that have older siblings should not be allowed to talk to their older siblings. <laughs> you just raise them shows and raise them separately. Keep yeah. keep the oldest kid outside in a shed or something. <laughs> They're not allowed to spend any time together. <laughs> they're just they're just bad. Just so, give them bubbles. Like yeah. the COVID uh, bubbles can be repurposed to keep the siblings separate. Because man, I'm like, where 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 are you getting this from? Like, and it'll be like the Spider Man movie. I'm like, you haven't watched the Spider Man movie in six months. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, just for to point out, although most of New Jersey public schools, if you're looking at the top ranking schools, they're all going to be in North Jersey. Uh, none of us are surprised about that. You know, South Jersey is kind of the redheaded stepchildren around here. But um, as a whole, the state is still ranked, as of 2023, the third best state for public schools in the country. So even though, you know, Amy's went from maybe not a great school district to a better school district, I feel like I'm in a great school district um, especially when it comes to elementary school. We talked about this earlier that when it gets to high school, the actual kid has a part to play in in that ranking and things like that. But for elementary school, the fact that New Jersey is still really well, I feel like our kids are at least on a better path <laughs> than other, other states. So Certainly. And parent involvement is number one there. You know, yeah. you can go to any school district and 
and if your parents not involved it's not going to matter right and if no one's paying attention to the kid you know that's another thing like if you don't have somebody to pay attention to you then who cares if you're doing good or bad so i'm going to be there I will make chat GPT create apps for me to teach my kid how to do math. <laughs> if I'm going to do whatever I got to do because, but I'm, I'm really impressed with how they're being taught. Um, I think I was like worried the way that other people made such a deal out of the changing of the curriculum. And now it's like, now that I have a kid in the school, I'm like, this is great. I wish I had been taught this way. So, yeah. I agree. I was a little worried listening to the older parents complain about the math. But it does. It makes a lot more sense. They're mapping their brains over time. So, they're at an advantage. So, we're coming up on the hour mark. So, real quick, we got like nine minutes left. Amy, you up to anything? Reading anything? Watching anything? I am refinishing my bathroom cabinets right now. So okay. I'm learning a lot there. I liked your, uh, I finally went and saw Amy's house and um, she could have a whole series on HGTV. Right? <laughs> Director of Household Operations DIY. Uh, yeah. We're she's not doing it. We're not swanky flipping here, people. Like, you know, I don't have any, any contractors coming in and making my house beautiful. I am taking a 1970s vanity right now delaminating it, relaminating it, and painting it. We're bringing it back. <laughs> Throw some new hardware on that puppy because, you know, the kids are going to beat it up anyway. Yeah. You know, just DIY it, get into a better school district. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, I think I've hit the point where I have officially popped. You did. Uh, because everybody has been making comments about the, be the belly bump uh, this past week, I went and took Danny for a haircut and everybody in the salon was like, oh my gosh, I was at the school today and one of the teachers was like, I just want to touch your bump. And I was like, this is really awkward. I have definitely hit the, the popped part. Uh, I have 10 weeks to go. I'm at so 30 beautiful. Weeks. It's craziness. Um, we are also in our own HGTV episode over here and both my husband and I cannot wait for the house to get put back together because we're starting to get to the point where we're like it's been a disaster since Christmas and we just want, we just want the the peace of having your like house in order again and I hear you so hard on that yeah just when you think just... <laughs> and I'm like we're trying, but it's like there's not enough hours in the day. There's not enough energy in the weekends. Um, and it's just, it's it's wearing on us. And I, each week, am doing less and less. Today, just, I went through the playroom again. Um, and, then he, and then Danny's old room. He is officially in his new room. We're just like going he's kind of split between the two so like his dresser and stuff is still in one room but his bed and his art table and stuff's in the other room and so he's kind of like living in both rooms but just going through 
toys and all that kind of stuff again yesterday just today those two rooms and then I still had to run to the school and do some stuff I was just like I'm exhausted so yeah it's a slow process and then it's just like we just want to get back to normal and you're super nasty and you're towards the end I mean you could really go you've 10 weeks left girlfriend could come in five we're, we're, no, girlfriend is, she is very content to continue to kick my liver. I thought I did damage to my own liver in all my years of drinking, but it's never hurt this much as it hurts these days because there's a foot in my liver at almost all times. You know, no one ever explains to us before we get pregnant the pain that the inside of your body can feel. It's not just growing pains from the baby they're literally kicking your organs yeah like i'm sore yeah on the inside and there's nothing i can do about it no i can't like move the baby like i just have to every day be like can you please get your foot out of my liver um and maybe like push her a little bit but then she'll just kick kick me so i'm like uh i try to like smush her over like the the poor right side of me I'm like, Danny was, Danny was not a fan of like one single spot. He was all over the place all the time. This baby just tears the right side of me up. She found her comfy spot. Okay. She's just fluffing her pillow in there. Always there. And I'm, I, I'm like, part of me is like, my insides are going to be so happy when they have their room back because my poor liver, pancreas, it's all just... It's all just there, but, um, that's it for this week. Um, we're probably going to bring Val back next week. Amy and I keep changing what night, what we're going to, what night we're recording on. So we'll try and get Val back next week and get back onto uh, a schedule with the three of us. But until then, thanks for joining us. Please rate, review, share the podcast, uh, with your other mom friends, especially if you think that they might need, uh, to also, listen to other moms talk about the craziness of life and um we'll be back next week check you later see ya bye